0: Good morning. Welcome to worship here this seventh Sunday after Pentecost, and aren't we glad that it finally warmed up here this summer? Yay, summer's here. Yippee. I actually am going to escape it. I'm going to the mountains uh, this afternoon, so um, that's where I'm headed because I love warm weather so much. One announcement I got before we get going is we are collecting backpacks and school supplies to uh, bless our community as the kids go back to school. We are having an event on August 13th over at the Tyler campus, but please bring school supplies. Uh, you can find details about that in your bulletin. Bring backpacks. You can bring them here on Sunday morning. We'll make sure they get to the right place. Um, another announcement, uh, in kind of a public service here thing, um, we've had a one member who has a Value Them bow sticker on her car who was driving down Kellogg, uh, Highway 400, and somebody came up behind her, honked on the horn, sped up past her, flipped her the bird, and then you know, got in front of her and slammed on the brakes. And it was a pretty scary situation for her. Um, and apparently this is not an isolated incident for people who have that sticker on their car. So be aware, if you got that sticker, just be aware, um, and also on that topic, since uh, you know this vote's coming up on August 2nd, and you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, as they say, today I'm going to be putting grease on that squeaky wheel. I'm going to be talking about value them both, and uh, the Roe v. Wade thing, and just uh, talking about what God's word says about it all. So consider this your, your trigger warning, as it were. So that's all I have for announcements, so I invite you all to stand as we begin our worship. Our band is on vacation, so we're going full digital today.
1: Catching my heart with this love Cause nothing on earth is as beautiful as you
2: you have given us this day and you have given us one another. You have called us to this place of worship, filled us with your spirit that we might worship you. Lord, we pray that you would indeed open our hearts and our minds to hear your word, to encourage one another, to build each other up in love. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, grant us the spirit to hear your word, to know the one thing needful, that by your word and spirit we may live according to your will, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. And our Children's Church leader is right in the back, Miss Emily. She'd love to take all those who want to go to Children's Church at this time. And for those of us who are remaining, our... Study of God's word begins first in the Psalms. As we hear the psalmist write, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together pin me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me such knowledge is too wonderful for me it's high I cannot attain it where shall I go from your spirit where shall I flee from your presence if I ascend to heaven you are there if I make my bed in Sheol you are there If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the utmost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, your right hand shall hold me. If I say, well, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even in the darkness, it's not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you formed my inmost parts, when as of yet they were none of them. This is the word of the Lord. Turning now to St. Paul's letter to the Christians living in the city of Ephesus, chapter 4. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up the body of Christ into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. Out of reverence for Christ, I invite you to stand as we speak together the gospel verse. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the fourth chapter. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that? Where will you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying you have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir... And he is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated.
1: Lord of all creation Of water, earth, and sky the heavens are your tabernacle
0: How about now? Ooh, hey, there it is. (laughs) All right. Let's try this again. So, in case you've been living under a rock for the last couple months, there is a pretty important uh, Supreme Court case ruling uh, regarding Roe v. Wade that uh, protected abortions in this country for some years, has been overturned, And in reaction to this, some people are like really excited, joyous and celebrating. And some people are weeping and mourning and lamenting. And then a small few of people are actually committing acts of violence and vandalism in response to this ruling. And I know even amongst us here at Ascension, there's some mixed emotions, some different feelings about this issue. And today, I hope to address it as faithfully as possible and speaking the truth in love as St. Paul instructs us and in helping us all understand what God's Word says about um, these issues in our world today. And also, my door is open if you want to talk more about this sort of stuff. Pastor Girdle would love to talk to you about this. Um, please, we're, we're here for you uh, to wrestle with these significant issues in your life and in the uh, lives of the uh, people in our country. So, here's some truth about Abortion. Over 60 million babies have been aborted since 1973. 60 million. Let that sink in for a minute. In 2020, 930,000 babies were aborted in the U.S. That's one out of five babies, 20%. In that one year, gone. In 2021, 43 million babies were aborted worldwide. In one year. That's the equivalent to World War II death toll. That's the, that's the numbers, the, the sheer numbers that we're talking of death. This is tragic. This is sad. I was listening to a podcast the other day by a couple of atheist uh, evolutionary biologists, and I like listening to these guys. Um, some of you may be wondering, like, why does a pastor listen to that kind of podcast? Well... I like to stay informed about what's going on out in our culture and in our world. And this uh, particular podcast I enjoy because oftentimes they speak the truth even when it's not convenient. I don't agree with everything they say, but sometimes they hit the nail on the head. And anybody who speaks truth is a friend of mine. So um, they were tackling the Roe v. Wade debate in a recent podcast. And in it they said most Americans are in the middle on this issue. You know, of course, you got those religious fundamentalists over on the right who say practically no abortion should be allowed. And then you got people over on the left who say abortions should be legal up until the time of birth, and even after birth, some people are advocating for that. But they say most people, uh, most of us are in the middle somewhere. And they, as scientists, as biologists, uh, confirm the fact that human life begins at conception. There's this, this almost miraculous thing that scientists can't understand where life is created... And the DNA of that fertilized egg, that zygote, is, is different from its mother and its father. It's new life, a new human, and if not impeded, will become a full-fledged adult someday. They also admitted um, that their position on this issue, they, they're pro-choice, this couple, and, but they, it's pro-choice with some limitations. Like 15 weeks was kind of the, like what you heard from their podcast. But they admitted that their position is logically inconsistent with with the issue they said the fundamental christians actually have the best argument the most logical argument on the issue of abortion they admitted as much so these really really smart people can admit that their position on abortion is logically inconsistent yeah we got a really good reason for why human life is valuable like there's hardly anybody else out there who has a better argument most people are just like, well, yeah, it's, it's just randomness. It's chance. It's cells and atoms running into each other that created human life, and we're no better than any other molecule. That's what you get out there in the deterministic worldview. But we have a pretty good argument. Um, what's our argument? Well, God's Word says that every human life um, is created in the image of God. Male and female, He created them. In His image, He created humans. And all these Bible passages, Jeremiah chapter 1, Psalm 139 that we read earlier— Isaiah chapter 49 talks about how God is intimately involved in the creation of life, in the womb of the mother. That God is there knitting together uh, the life of, of people in the womb of these little children. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I formed you in the inward parts, knit you together in your mother's womb. Before any one of your days came to pass, I knew every single one of them. God knows us, even in the womb, and loves us. And human life has value from conception to grave. And so, God's word is also pretty clear that we ought not to take somebody else's life, right? We ought not to voluntarily take another person's life. Abortion is the taking of life, which is contrary to God's word, to his will, to his commandments, i.e. sin. And you can see this very clearly, this taking of life. If you've ever watched a, a sonogram or an ultrasound of an abortion actually taking place in real time, it's, it's graphic. And I have uh, one of our members, Sarah Mercer, who shares her story about seeing one of these videos.
4: Well, um, I was extremely pro-choice, and um, we had a sociology class, and uh, during the class, one of the students asked the teacher, if she could show a video about abortion. And so um, when the day for the video came, the instructor said, well, you know, this is pretty graphic and so if you'd like to leave the room, you know, I understand. But you know, I was like, I'm ready to watch it. You know, nothing's gonna persuade me um, against my stance. I'm gonna go ahead and see what this is all about. And the video showed, I don't know if it was a sonogram, but it was a way of looking inside um, to see what was happening during the abortion procedure. And as I watched and as I saw the baby, I mean, literally the limbs were being ripped off um, of the baby in the womb. And I just, I, I was flabbergasted. And then I realized that I had to change my stance and that um, I just couldn't be an advocate for that anymore. So that's my story.
0: So Sarah shared that at the beginning, it probably didn't hurt that she was very pro-choice, and just the watching an abortion happen changed her tune, changed it. It's powerful to watch. That's why uh, ultrasounds at pregnancy centers are really important for moms to understand what's going on. Now, in- invariably, you get this question: Well, what about rape, incest, or in the mother's life is at risk? This is tragic. This is sad. This is, like, we should mourn and lament this, that this happens in our world. Our world is broken and messed messed up and sinful, and stuff like this happens, and it's tragic. It's very tragic and sad. My second point here is total abortions due to rape or incest, depending on the study that you look at, is between 1 and 5%. And total abortions um, to save the mother's life is less than 1%. So, 95% of abortions are due to other reasons. I'm sure you've heard those reasons. Point number three I got here is ought we to punish an unborn child with death for someone else's sin? Is that just? Is that fair to take that child's life? Number four here, the states with the most restrictive abortion laws allow for abortions for rape, incest, and when the life of the mother is at risk. I looked it up. looked up Oklahoma and Texas because I heard them in the news lately. They're so restrictive, and they do allow for stuff like this. The state of Ohio was in the news lately. They, too, have a clause like this in their laws. Now, you can fact-check me on that. Maybe some state does have more restrictive um, than that. I invite you to do so. But this brings me to value them both. So in 2019, the Kansas Supreme Court made a ruling that said that section one of our state constitution, you know, equal rights, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, it kind of echoes the U.S. Constitution, that in that statement there is the right to abortion, and they justify that as the right for a woman to have bodily autonomy, amongst some other things. But that was their argument. Um, of course, a counter argument to that is, well, as soon as you conceive a child, it's not just one body, but two bodies. That's the counter. But that was the ruling, and uh, if this amendment doesn't pass, that ruling will b- take effect this fall. So this is the value of them both amendment, is an amendment to the state constitution that says section one of our constitution does not allow for the right to abortion, does not indicate that. It just makes it really clear that this doesn't include abortion. You know, the the Supreme Court talked about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, probably more the liberty and pursuit of happiness on this issue uh, than the life part of it, but that's what they said. And so we, uh, if this amendment passes uh, by a 51% majority, that's what the people of Kansas need to vote, and 51% would make it pass, all laws that have been passed to date will remain. So there's been numerous laws around abortion uh, over the years and one of those is no late-term abortions, which most people would agree on. And then there's health and sanitation regulations for abortion clinics. If this passes, those will stay in effect. If this doesn't pass, pass then there's no oversight for abortion clinics on health and safety for the mothers. So that's why it's valued them both, because it values both moms and babies. And also, informed consent. Um, if this passes, that will remain in effect, that law where a doctor has to let a patient know about a procedure and the possible consequences of that procedure. And abortions do have uh, oftentimes some health complications and also emotional complications, guilt, shame, regret, remorse. Um, and a doctor needs to inform a patient about all the risks involved with any kind of procedure. Then future laws decided by, will be decided by the people of Kansas through the state legislature. If this passes, then people of Kansas get to vote um, and work through their elected officials. And the only thing that Value Them Both does ban is taxpayer-funded abortions. So there's been a lot of misinformation and propaganda and half-truths out there about this issue. I encourage you to go to valuethemboth.org to learn more about it. Um, But this is what it's about. And if it doesn't pass, then it's pretty much an abortion free-for-all. Anything goes. And then Kansas becomes a destination for abortions nationwide. That's what's at stake with this vote coming up on August 2nd. All right, now this is what I really want you guys to leave with. What, you, what I really want you to hear today is why we are so passionate about this issue here at Ascension. It be, it's because it's about the mission of God. It's about salvation. It's about eternal life. That's what we care about. So we read in God's word from Psalm 51 that every one of us is born into sin, conceived into sins, uh, King David writes in Psalm 51. What does this mean? We're conceived, separated from God, apart from God, destined for eternity without him. And it is only until we are born again through faith in Christ and baptism that we are brought into God's family, adopted into his family, and given eternal life. So my question is, then, does God save unborn babies from eternal damnation? What do you guys think? Yeah, no... I hope so. We don't know. We don't really know. We pray. We pray and we hope, and we pray. And God is gracious. He is merciful. We pray, Lord, have mercy on the unborn. This included includes children lost due to miscarriage. We pray and for those who have experienced that. Um, my counsel usually is, if you are a Christian and you're in Christ, I ask, have you been reading the Word of God? Have you been listening to the Word of God? Have you been participating in the sacrament while pregnant with your child? Have you been praying for that child? Well, if you're in Christ and the baby's in you, you've been sharing the Word of God, God is gracious. That's how I comfort people in that. But the, the fact is, we don't know. Can he save those children? Yes. Yes, he can. Probably. like that's, he's, gracious. he's God. He can do what he wants. But that's, this is why this is such an important issue. Because what do we know about salvation? Those who believe and are baptized will be saved. Those who confess Jesus as Lord, repent, believe the good news that Christ died for them, are saved for eternity. That's what we do know about salvation. This is why we're so passionate about this, is because we do not want people going to hell. We don't. God doesn't want it either. God desires all to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth and this is why we protect lives of children in the womb of their mothers. That's why we're so passionate about this. It's the same reason we send missionaries to the ends of the earth who haven't heard the name of Jesus. We go share the word with them so that they might believe and be saved for eternity. This is what God has revealed to us to do. And so we go on speaking the truth in love as St. Paul instructs us, even if it's not convenient, even if we get ridiculed for it, even if we suffer for it, we keep speaking the truth, but do it in a loving way, in a gracious way. Because the rhetoric around this issue gets pretty fiery, pretty heated, pretty quickly. Uh, You probably experience it in your own family even, or at work, or amongst friends or neighbors. Or maybe you've gotten a yard sign Stolen out of your yard recently. You know, th- things that are pretty heated around this topic. And so, uh, and I get pretty passionate it as well, but we must remember um, to avoid the dangers of othering. Anybody heard of this? Othering before? Essentially, it's when you draw a line in the sand and say, you're less than human. I don't even want to associate with you, you people who think this way or believe this way or act that way or are part of this group. I don't don't want to have anything to do with you. Sinners. That's not the way of Christ. That's not the way of Jesus. Jesus spoke um, in his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. He said, You've heard it said in the law, you shall not murder, and those who do will be liable to judgment. Truly I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother is liable to the same judgment. Anyone who insults his brother is liable to the council. And anyone who says, you fool, is liable to the hell of fire. So we may think, okay, you shall not murder. Check. I'm good. I've I've jumped over that hurdle. Jesus, when he interprets the law, he puts the bar up here. And there's no way you and I can get over it. There's no way. Of course, you all know this, right? We confess our sins every Sunday. We're, that, this is what Jesus does. He levels the playing field. We're all sinners. And what do we deserve for our sin? Hellfire and damnation, every single one of us. But thanks be to God, we have forgiveness in Christ Jesus. So before we go pointing the finger around, to that's, that's the posture we need with, with the world. It's like, now we're sinners too. We're just beggars trying to show other beggars where to find food. I'm reminded of Jesus' story at the woman at the well, with the woman at the well, when I think about this issue. Jesus showed some radical compassion and grace and mercy to this woman, even talking to her, even engaging with her. This was something Jews ought not to do. But Jesus crossed that boundary, that border, and showed grace to this woman. And then he said, "Go call your husband." And she says, "I have no husband." And he says, yeah, that's right. You've had five, and the one you're currently living with is not your husband. Here Jesus speaks truth. He shows grace. Then he speaks truth. Hey, your lifestyle right now is not pleasing to God. It is not God-pleasing. But he doesn't condemn her, right? Jesus doesn't condemn this woman, but no, he says, hey, I got something really good for you. Living water. This kind of water, you drink of it, you'll never thirst again. This kind of water wells up to eternal life. I have abundant life for you if you would repent, turn, and receive it. Receive the grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness, and the living water, the bread of life that I have to offer you. Guess what? That's what Jesus does for each and every one of us. He comes and meets us in our brokenness, in our sin, by an act of his compassion and grace. He says, repent. Repent. And believe in me. Repent and believe the good news. And so if we got anybody out here today, if you're struggling with sin, with guilt, with shame, whether it's due to uh, an abortion or any other reason, hear me now. Repent and believe the good news. Christ's sacrifice on the cross was sufficient to take away all of your sin. God loves you so much he sent his one and only son to die for you. And now you give free, abundant life and eternal life in the, in the world to come. This is grace. Jesus offers grace. We ought not to condemn others. And guess what? Laws, laws only go so far in curbing human behavior. The answer to our society's woes and ills and problems is Jesus. Jesus. It is the gospel, it is the proclamation of the forgiveness of sins, and that is our business here at the church, is proclaim God's love and forgiveness shown to us in Christ. That's what changes hearts. That's what we need is transformed hearts. That's our goal Here is God's church. But there's always the question, well, okay, if we're going to support life and we're going to encourage moms to keep babies, like, what are we going to do about it? We should, we should help them, right? And I'm saying, yes, yes, let's do something about that. Let us do something about that. And I know um, a lot of people have done something about that in this room. And a lot of people are doing something today with their lives to support life. And just by a show of hands, you don't have to if you don't want to, but if you've ever adopted or fostered a kid, raise your hand. Anybody in here? We've got a few foster parents adopted? Who here, if you're comfortable with it, has been adopted? Got a couple? Yeah. Who here has supported a pregnancy center? Anybody? Oh, come on, there's more, than, more of you than that. Anybody fill up those uh, little bottles the, from Embrace, put the change in it, and bring it? Yeah. We support life through Embrace Pregnancy Center, Um, and this is the thing about Embrace is they not only do the ultrasounds and pregnancy counseling, but they help families throughout the process of raising kids. They help them um, get the resources they need, help them navigate welfare and WIC, and they have an adoption specialist on on staff that helps them if they want to go that route. They do a baby shower for these uh, young parents who decide to keep their kids. They give them diapers and wipes and clothes and food and just shower blessings on these families. They have parenting classes to give them those kind of resources to raise a child. And more than all of that, the people who work with these young women share the gospel in a culturally appropriate way. So if you want to do something about this issue, I encourage you to support, embrace. And also, there's great foster and adoption agencies that you can work with. We have some literature on the back. Um, about St. Francis is one of those organizations in our community. You can take a look at that. Um, but yeah, there's more we could do for sure. Yeah, let's do more to support life in our community. Um, because the gift of life, there's nothing better. Gift of life and eternal life. We find in Jesus. And I got one story of somebody who is really thankful that uh, she was given the gift of love.
5: Harrison. Uh, You probably know my mother, uh, my stepmom Susan, and I. Uh, We are members of Ascension, and we are the founders of Passageways. We take care of the homeless veterans here in Wichita. And something most people don't know about me is that I am adopted. Um, I was adopted two days after I was born. And as I grew up in uh, my family, I, of course, started wondering about uh, how I came to be and my story, and I started to pursue that and uh, met my biological parents. I was very blessed because I found out I had two sisters. Uh, We almost all look alike, and I have the most incredible brother that uh, a sister could ever ask for, and we stay in contact. Uh, This was, I talked to my birth mother many times, and it was a very difficult process for her to go through. She felt very much like she was on her own but she knew this was the right thing that needed to be done. And so she gave me the gift of life. And every year on her birthday, I would call her and thank her for that. I would send her a dozen yellow flowers, roses, every year with a thank you card, because my birthday wasn't about me. It was really about what she gave me. So I wanted to give her um, the appropriate thank you.
0: Life is a gift, and there's a lot of people in this world today who are very thankful that Jennifer Garrison is alive. Lots of people. Praise God for her. I invite you to stand as we confess our faith together in the words of the Nicene Creed. We confess, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of...
2: be seated. We lift up our prayers before the Lord. Special petitions have been requested for Bob Bakken, Sam Bergner, Marianne Fuller, Pat Lindgren, Patrice Maurer, Ray Miller, Sandy Runyon, Mike Traugott, Catherine Tucker, and Lavernia McCoy. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you have knit us together in our mother's womb. You, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Teach us always to rejoice and give thanks for the gifts of life. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty and everlasting God, who rules all things in heaven and earth, give your wisdom to all who are in charge and in leadership positions, that they would govern with justice and compassion. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus, a bruised reed you will not break, a smoldering wick you will not snuff out. Grant your mercy, forgiveness, and wisdom to all who are wrestling with all kinds of things internally in their families and in society. Bring us together, Jesus, in you, Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, the harvest is plentiful, the labors are few. We ask for you to raise up new workers for your harvest of souls here and throughout the world. Thank you for answering the prayers of your people of Ascension Pratt, and we pray your blessing upon the installation of their new pastor this afternoon, and you would bless the, pa- the ministry of Pastor Matt Schultz. Lord, in your mercy. Great physician, you hold the power over life to heal the sick. Grant healing and comfort to all those we have just named and those in our hearts and minds. Give them perseverance in the midst of their suffering and increase their faith. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our worship continues, then, as we bring before our Lord tithes and offerings, as as well as your attendance cards. Bring them forward at this time to the offering plates on the altar. prepared here at the altar. It is a meal. It is for you, for the strengthening of your faith, for the living out of that faith in this sinful world. It is here there is forgiveness and life. It's bread, it is wine, but it is the very body and blood of Christ. And so let us then prepare our hearts and minds to come to this table. Please stand. For if we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. Therefore, everyone who believes in his name receives the power of the Holy Spirit. They become his children. These gifts are yours. May the Lord continue these good works in us. He brings them to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We pray. Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, you have had mercy on us. You have given us your only Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Send now your Holy Spirit into our hearts, that he may establish in us a living faith and prepare us joyfully to remember our Redeemer, who comes to us in his body and blood. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night on which he was betrayed, took bread. After he had offered thanks, he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, after the supper, he took the cup. And having given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Well, drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. You may be seated. Please stand. The true body and blood of your Lord and Savior strengthen and preserve you in true faith to life everlasting. Depart from his table with peace and with joy. Amen. Having received this gift, we return thanks. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this good and salutary gift. We pray now, having been to this table, that you would strengthen our faith in you and our fervent love for one another. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give to you his peace. Amen. Well, thank you for your patience with the worship music today. Our real bands can be back next week. Blessings on your week.